0: In association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life Podcast Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day to day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith. Family and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host a farmer, a former agri business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Hey guys, I'm Archie Mason, your host, and welcome to the next episode of that Farm Life Podcast. Now, here at uh, that Farm Life Podcast, we're all about faith, family, and farming. And as I always say, this podcast is a resource of the Agri Health Network, and you can find all the resources and any materials or books that we have uh, at our website. That's agrihealth.net. Agrihealth.net. And as always, if you have not uh, already subscribed to the podcast, please do that. Follow us on the social media. Platforms like Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter, and then each week after the podcast goes live, it'll drop on Sunday or excuse me on Monday mornings at seven o'clock a.m. Central Time. Uh, we'll come out with kind of a recap of the podcast with some of the quotes, statements, and some of the follow-up uh, tips. Again, we know that agriculture, I live it, I like it, and uh, but it is stressful, and so our goal is to help you uh, and family members kind of recognize the signs of stress and to really give you some tips of how to deal with it so that it makes your life better uh, and easier even in this week. And so we're going to give you some present application tips. Got some great guests uh, with me today. Uh, I've known Mike uh, for many years, and he's here with his wife, Sheila. Mike is a row crop farmer uh, in rice and soybeans. They live in Gillette, uh, Arkansas. And Miss Sheila works in the school district uh, there. So, hey, great to have you guys. Thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you, you. so
0: Yeah, I know I'm sitting here looking at you, and we had some uh, technical difficulties. I'm an old country boy like Mike, but I feel right at home because in the background that I have Mike on FaceTime, he's got the big deer horns, you know, on the wall. And uh, so that looks like a pretty good-sized deer you got, man. Well, that's one of my better ones. That's one of your better ones? Hey, you may not remember this, Mike. You and I, we serve on a committee here in Arkansas, and so during covid uh, we have been a part of some Zoom meetings. So it's back in Harvest. Uh, Mike was in a trailer truck at the granary and he was on FaceTime. And so he would have to crank it up and move it in line. And then finally, when you took off, you had your phone in your hand. You were, you know, chairing the meeting and you were that that air seat was bouncing up and down as you were going uh, down the highway. So uh, it has really been something uh, in this pandemic and what's been taking place. Anyway, glad you guys are here. Hey, uh Mike, I know that Sheila, and she can, she may want to talk about this in a moment. She grew up in a farming family, but, but you didn't. So how did you get to the place where now, you know, this is your life and you're living it and you're farming rice and soybeans. How'd that take place? Just kind of, kind of share with the listeners your story. Well, actually, Archie, I'm a PK. And for people who don't
1: know what a PK is, I'm a preacher's kid. And, uh, um, My father, you know, most of the places, or a lot of places he pastored were in rural areas. So growing up, I was always around uh, all my friends, you know, their parents of the folks farm. So I was was always around a a farm and that's, you know, getting part time jobs in the summer and just uh, things like that. And I just, uh, um, I just loved it. I loved being outside. I loved everything about it. But uh, when, when I went to college, I went to Washoe for a few years and, and uh, was planning on going pre-med. And uh, it didn't take me long in, in the labs to figure out that that wasn't going to be for, for me. And and then I thought, well, I think I might like to coach. Well, I, I enjoyed that, but they told me if you coach, you got to teach. And I said, no, I'm not going down that road. So finally, I just decided I was. I transferred back to UAM and. and uh, uh, Decided so to major, in,
0: you know, agriculture. What I love doing, and that's that's how I got into. It. Hey, so is that where Sheila? How did you? How did you meet Mike? How did that take place?
2: <laughs> well, he was playing on a church league, their softball church league, and uh, a friend of mine, was a, sor- a sorority sister of mine, uh, took me to the game, and she introduced it to each other. And it was, I guess, love at first sight.
1: <laughs> oh, me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I did have to say this. When I went to college, I knew I did not want to marry a farmer. And I did not want to live in Gillette, Arkansas. But God <laughs> put me with a farmer and put me back in Gillette,
0: Arkansas.
2: So- Horrible <laughs> what I am right now.
0: So God has a sense of humor, doesn't he, when he, he does it? He was laughing at me that whole time. So hey, let me ask this: so you, you know, and I've heard this before, especially folks growing up on a farm, and uh, as a as a young boy, young girl, and they'll say, "I don't want to," you know, "I don't want to be married to a farmer. I don't want to do this." What what kind of really changed your heart or changed your mind regarding that?
2: About him becoming a farmer. Yes, ma'am. I knew that's what he loved. He, you know, when we got married. He worked in a farming-related business. He was a consultant. And uh, then after that, he uh, worked for a research farm. And then a couple of years later, he opened a scouting business. And then we had the opportunity to move back here. And he was just so excited. And, and I knew that's what he wanted to do. And I loved him. I follow, was going to follow him wherever he went. So he mm. sent a bow down. Georgia. He almost Well, he almost sent the ball to Georgia and I thought, no, I don't know if I want to live that far away. Though. But we moved back home and I wouldn't ask for any other place
0: to be. Hey, that is so good. You know, one of the questions too, sometimes folks ask, I know I'm blessed uh, here in where I live. Uh, I have my oldest sons in the ag industry, my youngest sons in the medical industry, but we all live close to one another. So, you guys, is your family close? Do y'all live close to your family?
2: I can see my parents' house out my back door, so they're about a hey, about uh, a half a mile from our house. Oh, that! So, and then my brother out there on the farm with them. So
0: that is a blessing. That is a blessing. In
2: they're they're ninety two and ninety. So I'm blessed to still have them and be able to to see them when I you know every day.
0: That is a blessing, that is so much. It's good to be uh, there close and be with your family. Hey, Mike, too, you know, again, here at uh, That Farm Life Podcast, it's a resource of Agri Health Network. And, you know, we're we're always concerned about helping uh, people recognize the signs of stress, how to deal with that. What do you, what would you say in your, you know, and what you do in rice and soybeans and your farming? And again, you and I, our paths crossed early on when we were a lot younger. And a lot slimmer, I guess you could say, uh, in the crop consulting uh, business. But what is the most what what would you say is, causes the most stress uh, in your life, or in your family, in your farming operation? Is it the time of year? Is it the weather? I mean, what what do you think really just builds that pressure up? I think
1: it's just it's uh, for me it's most stress is planting time and harvest. That that seems like you know that's it, it's crunch time then. That's when you're you're going as hard as you go. You're up before daylight. You don't get in you know till after dark. And and we hardly, think I hardly see each other during that time except to come in and, and eat a meal and and uh, man, go to bed practically. And, and there's you know as you well know there's you know there's probably um, six to eight weeks. At harvest, and then you know about that much at planting, and you're just going as hard as you can go. And uh, uh, you've got a lot on your mind, and, and if, if things don't go right to get everything done, then you just start stressing.
0: Yeah. Hey, how long have you guys been married to one another? Ask
1: Mike. Mike, it's, you tell him. It'd be 40 years in May. All right.
0: He's right. Hey, you did good, man. You, she put you on the spot. I wish our listeners on the podcast could have just seen your faces when she said, Mike, you tell them. So uh, you did good. I'm proud of you, man. Way to go. Way to go. Hey, so, wh- okay. Let me ask you this. How would you, because again, we have a lot of uh, younger farm families and people in the ag industry. How would you encourage them? Uh, Mike, maybe, uh, or Sheila, you can answer this. They have young kids. I mean, how do you go through that, that planting and harvest time? How do you go through those stressful times? You're not seeing each other. What advice would you give for those young families? Well, I, for, for me, uh, you just sometimes you just have to
1: take a step back and, and say, you know, and, and, and just, you know, I've got to slow down a little bit. I've got to take some time. You just have to force yourself sometimes just to, just to, to step back and, and gear it down a little bit and uh, uh, spend some time with them, especially, you know, uh, I know Sheila was kind of used to it, but it's, it gets kind of hard on the kids too sometimes when they're not seeing you. And, and you just need to, you know, at some point in time you just got to gear down and, and realize you just need to spend a little time with them.
2: Take them out and ride them on the tractors, tractors the yeah. combines with them. You know, go play in the – uh bob trucks with the beans or the corn and just let them experience
1: the fun of it too yeah just let them you know and she's right they spend a lot of time on the tractors
0: combines and sprayers with me you know in the evenings when they get home yeah and I, i would agree i think that's very critical if you can with a young family to do that and so Sheila, it's like you said though i probably speaking with a young mom uh or something is uh to, to really try to just let those kids as much as they can spend time with their dad, uh, uh, you know, on those tractors and on those combines and, and be a part of that and do that. Hey, you know, I, I've known you guys for a while, especially you, Mike, and man, you're, you're a follower of the Lord and, and you're, you know, you're a businessman. You're a hard worker and you got a farm. And so, you know, people don't realize this, uh, you know, sometimes I think, well, I just go to the grocery store and get a loaf of bread. You know, well, I, I think everybody kind of figured out in a pandemic that hey, that grocery store run out, and you know, people are like, where does bread come from? You know, so uh, some people sometimes folks don't understand, you know, that there's a lot of faith in farming, and so let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, how you know, how's your faith in the in the Lord Jesus? How's that important to both of you? How's it helped you through the tough times? Well, it's. Uh, uh.
1: My, my faith in the Lord is everything. Uh, it, it didn't take me, especially farming, it didn't take me uh, very long to figure out that, that uh, if I had to depend on myself, it isn't going to work. Uh, I depend on 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 God uh, to, to get me through. I think, worry isn't going to get you anywhere. Uh, and
2: I'm a big worrier. So I take care of that side.
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, if, if you farm, you got to have a lot of faith when you put that seed in the ground. Uh, there's a lot of things that go on from the time you you plant it till you harvest it. And uh, you just got to have faith that the Lord's going to uh, see you through all that. He, he's not going to, uh, I mean, you've got to do your part uh, in, in working. He isn't going to, you know, you can't just sit there. you got to do your part. But uh, if you'll just uh, uh, depend on him, he's going to provide everything you need.
0: He's, he may not give you everything you want, but he's going to provide everything you need. Yeah. And do you think, too, Mike, that just in the farming industry, you, you think it's, uh, uh again, uh, you think it's strengthened your faith just by, you know, you're, you're there in agriculture? So, yeah, would you say yes? You think it's strengthened your faith? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and I know, too, we've faced a lot of, uh, I want to say catastrophic events, but, man, weather has really uh, been an issue uh, in the past few years. And we always, we don't laugh about it, but uh, I say here, you know, where I am, northeast Arkansas, hey, if you don't like the weather, just hang out because it's going to change in about five days, you know. We can go from a snowstorm of 16 inches of snow and then it's 70 degrees, you know, so uh, it does, do, <laughs> it will. Hey, one thing too, Mike, to let our listeners know, you know, you guys went through, what was it, four or five years ago, uh, there was, uh, it, I will say a kind of a testing of your faith, I don't want to call it that necessarily, but maybe you had a, there was a medical crisis a few years ago. Is that correct? Am I correct in that? Yes, I think uh, probably for the last 12 years. About
1: 12, it started about 12 years ago. And I think we added up the other day, it was a 20-something surgeries, probably. I've had 20-something well say, surgeries procedures done on my uh, pancreas. And uh, here a few years ago, six years, six ago. years ago, I guess it was, uh, I had gone, uh, went, gone to the doctor and, and they uh, found a, a mass on my pancreas. And of course, you know, when when you get that kind of news, it kind of uh, uh, shakes you up a little bit, and you, you start you start a process of of everything going through your mind. Okay, so you know what's going to happen with with Sheila. You know what? How's all this going to work out? And uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, i had gone to. I better let Sheila kind of explain. It. I'll, I'll get emotional here if I well, i'll
2: her get time. emotional too but it all started really he had a bad attack uh, pancreas attack on december 26th and that put him in the hospital in Little rock for about three or four days and then he came home and um he ended up back in our local hospital with double pneumonia mm. for a week and during that time i think he felt he felt that knot in his stomach that mass And he, for a few days, he never told me and then I could tell something was bothering him. And uh, he told me and I felt it. And so since that attack, usually when he has an attack, we have to go to Dallas and he has to have his procedures done. And that's when we were talking to his doctor about it. And they did the ultrasound and found the mass that was in January, middle of January and uh, did some blood work and stuff and sent us home and told us to come back the middle of February, have a biopsy done on it. And uh, during that time, from January to the middle of February, um, I was letting people from past churches like in West Memphis and friends all over the United States know what was going on in local churches around here to be praying for Mike and what we were facing. We didn't know what, what what it could be or, or anything what our outcome may be and um I, we shared with our church there in dewitt and we had what about 20 people from church come and pray over mike uh one evening and uh that was very very special to us and i'll never forget that but then we went on to Dallas, like I said, in the middle of February, and replaced the Mallory, our, our children, they drove over there and sat with me because we didn't know what the outcome was going to be, what we we're going to find out, and and everything. And we went back up to the room while they because they said about two or three hours for the procedure. Well, we got a phone call within an hour after they took Mike back and that he's back in recovery. So me and the kids went down to the recovery room and walked back.
1: It's a miracle.
2: I was walking down the hallway and Mike was hollering, It's gone, it's gone. And I went up to him, What are you talking about? He said, The mask, they went in through the box and the mask was gone. And we were, you know, being the kid, and Mike, were just hollering and screaming and, you know, crying and praising God that. The mask was gone. I mean, he performed a miracle on my husband, and I—I I just never will be forever grateful that I still have him.
1: But, but anyway, it, it was a trying time for Sheila. She—she she, she struggled there for a little, you know, bit that, that she couldn't understand, you know, why this was happening. Well,
2: what happened, you know, during that January day and the February gone out, I was keeping things bottled up inside me, I guess. And uh, my shoulders were getting so heavy. I, I mean, I just felt the weight of the world on my shoulders because I just was thinking, why Why are we having to go through this? Why is God putting us through this? I don't understand. And I was outside grilling, and I just looked up at the stars in the sky, and I said, Lord, just please, please answer my prayer and just remove this, I guess the, just the keep, just, yeah. having us in a peace about this, and in that instant, the it was just like a thousand pounds were lifted off my shoulders because I knew God had control, and I guess my faith was failing me at that time until I turned it over to God, and ever since then, it's just you know, I don't, I try not to worry as much anymore about. He has his attacks, which praise God, he hasn't in two or three years. But, um, I can tell from that day that my faith has grown stronger in my Lord. Yeah, that's not ever having that faith that he can take care of anything, you just trust him.
0: That was a supernatural miracle of God right there in uh, Gillette, Arkansas. I mean, uh. I say Amen, hallelujah, and uh praise the Lord. Uh yeah. there's power in prayer. There is. And I tell you what, when you were, you know, Sheila, you were sharing about that and those those people coming to your house, uh, friends, family members, or church members and praying over uh Mike and uh being there, you know, a a couple of things. Number one, how important is your church family in your life? Okay. And, and then how important is prayer, you know, in your life in a part of America. I mean, I think I know the answer to the question, but I'll <laughs> let you guys answer that. So talk a little bit about your church family, and even that time people praying, but also just as a part of your family life. Well, Archie,
1: I would say anywhere I've ever lived, uh, of course, you know, growing up and, and then as an adult, we've gone to, you know, we, we go to church. Uh, that's, you know, God tells us that, that we're to, to go uh, to church to worship Him and to uh, encourage others and have others to encourage us—that's what you know church is about. And uh, everywhere we've gone, we have uh, we've had uh, uh, friends and, and Sunday school life groups and, and just in, in you know members of the church in general that that uh, you know it's 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 uh, relationships that stick with you. I don't, even, you know, even though we live in Gillette, we still have a very close relationship with our church, uh, friends in, in West Memphis. I mean, I, I know right now I could call if I, if I have something I need to pray, you know, done and, and, and want somebody to pray, I can call them right now and they'll be on their knees when they hang the phone up. And the same way here we have in our church that, uh, uh, you know, if, if they have a problem or something going on, you know they know they can call us, and and we'll get on our knees and pray, and, and vice versa. And it's just it just gives you uh, it, it just helps knowing that you have someone there supporting you, or that you can support, and and knowing that that uh, uh, just having those relationships where where you can depend on others and they can depend on. And, you know, when you've got
0: that many people praying for you, that's uh, (laughs) that's a lot of power. That is a lot of power, you know, and I agree. And there's power in that praying couple. You guys praying for each other, praying for your friends and praying for uh, other family members. Wow. What an awesome testimony. Hey, and you too. Hey, Miss Sheila. Also, you know, we talk about what is it in the church life? We say, hey you know as Christians we don't worry it's concern is that what we call it you know sometimes but well you know hey i want to say thank you for uh, you guys and sharing your story and just giving a testimony and really being transparent uh, about uh, that that time of illness and and then just sharing the testimony and giving the Lord the glory on bringing that healing. You know, people read the stories in the Bible about how God healed people and they say, well, I don't really know if I've ever seen that before. We got a real life testimony right here with you, Mike. And so, you know, thank you uh, for sharing that. So, Hey, I'll tell you what I'll do real quick. I just want to recap a couple of things some practical tips for all the listening audience uh, out there. I I think you, as you've heard uh, from Mike, uh, and from Sheila, what you know, you need to realize is that you need to be a part of a local Bible believing church out there. That's very important. So find that uh, Bible teaching, Bible preaching church, build those relationships with each other where you're able to be there, have people pray for you and you pray uh, for them. And then again, as you talked about prayer, there's power in prayer. And so even if you're out there today and you're listening so man, I don't even know how to pray. I don't know uh, what to do. I just encourage you to get somewhere, call out upon the Lord, uh, pray in the name of Jesus and just, uh, hey, call upon him and share it with him. Anything that's going on in your life and what is taking place. And for all you that are listening, if you ever have questions about, hey, how do I have that relationship with Jesus? How can I grow in my faith? Uh, Email us here at info at agrihealth.net. That's info at agrihealth.net. Net. We'd love to talk with you about how to have that uh, foundation, how, how to have that relationship with Christ. Hey, and as always, uh, go to uh, AgriHealth uh, Network. That's AgriHealth.net uh, on our website. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, again, we got some great resources there. Don't forget to subscribe to subscribe to that Farm Life podcast. Don't miss an episode. Hey, until next week, keep farming and keep the faith. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's Agri Health, one word. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith.